There was a knock one morning, a man was standing at my door. He said, hello, I'm from Halliburton, have you heard of us before? We'd like to lease your backyard to drill for natural gas. It's called hydraulic fracturing, and it is the very past for a clean energy future above the Marcellus Stone. Plus, we'll give you lots of money and a new mobile phone. I said, you are a corporate crook. I don't believe the things you tell, and you can drive right off my property and then go straight to hell. No fracking way. No fracking way. Corporate salesmen, whatever they may say, no fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way. And that was an edited version of David Rubik's uh, song, No Fracking Way, which is published on. Big Red Sessions. Welcome to Frack You Very Much. You can find all the back episodes of Frack You Very Much at frackyouverymuch.com. Send an email to fyvmshow at gmail.com or follow on Twitter, fyvmshow. As I'm going to do interspersed among other episodes is I am going to read you the compendium of scientific medical and media findings demonstrating risks and harms of fracking, unconventional gas and oil extraction, sixth edition, published June 2019. This is a document published by Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility. The Compendium of Scientific Medical and Media Findings Demonstrating Risks and Harms of Fracking, heretofore known as the Compendium, is a fully referenced compilation of evidence outlining the risks and harms of fracking. It is a public open access document that is housed on the websites of Concerned Health Professionals of New York, which is at Concerned Health ny.org and the Physicians for Social Responsibility at psr.org. The five earlier editions of the compendium have been used and referenced all over the world. The compendium has been twice translated into Spanish, independently in 2014 by a Madrid-based environmental coalition, followed by an official translation of the third edition, which was funded by the Heinrich Boll Foundation and launched in Mexico City in May 2016. The compendium has been used in the European Union, South Africa, the United Kingdom, Australia, Mexico, and Argentina. About Concerned Health Professionals of New York. Concerned Health Professionals of New York, CHPNY, is an initiative by health professionals, scientists, and medical organizations for raising science-based concerns about the impacts of fracking on public health and safety. CHPNY provides educational resources and works to ensure that careful consideration of science and health impacts are at the forefront of the fracking debate. About Physicians for Social Responsibility Working for more than 50 years to create a healthy, just, and peaceful world for both present and future generations, Physicians for Social Responsibility, PSR, uses medical and public health expertise to educate and advocate on urgent issues that threaten human health and survival. With the goals of reversing the trajectory towards climate change, protecting the public and the environment from toxic chemicals, in addressing the health consequences of fossil fuels, PSR was founded by physicians concerned about nuclear weapons and the abolition of nuclear weapons remains central to its mission. About this report, the compendium is organized to be accessible to public officials, researchers, journalists, and the public at large. The reader who wants to delve deeper consult the reviews, studies, and articles referenced herein.
In addition, the compendium is complemented by a fully searchable, near-exhaustive citation database of peer-reviewed journals' articles pertaining to shale gas and oil extraction. The Repository for Oil and Gas Energy Research that was developed by PSE Healthy Energy and which is housed on its website, and that is at psehealthyenergy.org. For this sixth edition of the compendium, as before, we collected and compiled findings from three sources. Articles from peer-reviewed medical or scientific journals, investigative reports by journalists, and reports from or commissioned by government agencies. Peer-reviewed articles were identified through databases such as PubMed and Web of Science and from within the PSC Health Energy database. We included review articles when such reviews revealed a new understanding of the evidence. Written in non-technical language, our entries briefly and plainly describe studies that document harm or risk of harm associated with fracking and summarize the principal findings. Entries do not include detailed results or a critique of the strengths and weaknesses of each study because much of medicine's early understanding of new diseases and previously unsuspected epidemiological correlations comes through assessment of case reports. We have included published case reports and anecdotal reports when they are databased and verifiable. The studies and investigations referenced in the dated entries cataloged in the compilation of studies and findings are current through April 1, 2019. The footnoted citations here in the front matter represent studies and articles that are not referenced in the compendium itself or which appeared as we went to press in June 2019. Within the compiled entries, we have also provided references to articles appearing in the popular press when available that describe the results of the corresponding peer-reviewed study and place them in context with the results of other studies. For this purpose, we sought out articles that included comments by principal investigators on the significance of their findings. In such cases, footnotes for the peer-reviewed study and the matching popular article appear together in one entry. We hope these tandem references will make the findings more meaningful to readers. Acronyms are spelled out the first time they appear in each section. News articles appearing as individual entries signify reports that contain original research. In many cases, this reportage is based on data collected by industry or governmental agencies that were ferreted out by investigative journalists and not otherwise known to the scientific community. While advocacy organizations have compiled many useful reports on the impacts of fracking, these, with few exceptions, do not appear in our compendium unless they provide otherwise inaccessible data. We also excluded papers that focus purely on methodologies or instrumentation. For some sources, cross-referenced footnotes are provided, as when wide-ranging government reports or peer-reviewed papers straddled two or more topics. In our review of the data, 17 compelling themes emerged, and these serve as the organizational structure of the compendium. Readers will notice the ongoing upsurge in reported problems and health impacts, making each section top-heavy with recent data. In accordance, the compendium is organized in reverse chronological order within sections, with the most recent information first. The compendium focuses on topics most closely related to the public health and safety impacts of unconventional gas and oil drilling and fracking. These necessarily include threats to climate stability. Additional risks and harms arise from associated infrastructure and industrial activities that necessarily accompany drilling and fracking operations. A detailed accounting of all these ancillary impacts is beyond the scope of this document. Nevertheless, we include in this edition a selection on impacts from fracking infrastructure that focuses on 
compressor stations and pipelines, silica and mining operations, natural gas storage facilities, the manufacture and transportation of liquefied natural gas LNG, and natural gas power plants. Research on gas-fired power plants appear in this edition for the first time. Note that threats from flare stacks are included in the section on air pollution. Many other relevant concerns such as disposal of solid waste drill cuttings and the use of fracked gas as a feedstock in petrochemical manufacturing are not included here. We hope to take up these issues in future editions. Similarly, this edition of the compendium does not examine the harms and risk posed by other forms of unconventional oil and gas extraction, such as cyclic steaming, microwave extraction, and artificial lift. Given the rapidly expanding body of evidence related to the harms and risks of unconventional oil and gas extraction, we plan to continue revising and updating the compendium approximately every year. It is a living document, housed on the websites of Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility, which serves as an educational tool in important ongoing public and policy dialogues. The compendium is generally a volunteer project and has no dedicated funding. It was written utilizing the experience and expertise of numerous health professionals and scientists who have been involved in this issue for years. We thank our external peer readers for their comments and suggestions. Casey Crandall, Laura Dagley, BSNRN, Barbara Gottlieb, Robert Gould, MD, Jake Hayes, M.A., Douglas Hendren, M.D., M.B.A., Lee Ann Hill, M.P.H., Robert Howard, Robert Howarth, Ph.D., Anthony Ingrafia, Ph.D., P.E., Edward C. Kettier, M.D., F.A.A.P., Adam Law, M.D., Ryan Miller, Larry Moore, M.D., Tammy Murphy, M-A-L-L-M, Kurt Norgard, M-D, M-S-C, Pune Saberi, M-D, M-P-H, Todd L. Sack, M-D, Seth Schoenkopf, Ph.D., M-P-H, Harv Teitelbaum, M-A, Walter Sau, M-D, M-P-H, Autumn Rose Vogel, Brenda Von Starr, N-P. We welcome your feedback and comments. Sheila Bushkin ben Bedient, MD, MPH, Concerned Health Professionals of New York. Larissa Dierzak, MD, Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility, New York. Yuri Gorby, PhD, Concerned Health Professionals of New York. Mary Menapace, RN, Concerned Health Professionals of New York. Kathleen Nolan, MD, MSL, Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility, New York. Carmi Ornstein, MPH, Concerned Health Professionals of New York. Barton Schonen Schoenfeld, MD, FACC, Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility, New York. And Sarah Steingraber, PhD, Concerned Health Professionals of New York. Forward to the sixth edition. The Compendium in Historical Context. The release of the first edition of the Compendium by Concerned Health Professionals of New York in July 2014 coincided with a meteoric rise in the publication of new scientific studies about the risks and harms of fracking. A second edition was released five months later in December 2014 and included new studies that further explicated recurrent problems. Almost concurrently on December 17, 2014, the New York State Department of Health, NYSDOH, 
released its own review of the public health impacts of fracking. That document served as a foundation for a statewide ban on high-volume hydro, high hydraulic fracturing, HVHF, announced by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on the same day. Its conclusions, quote, It is clear from the existing literature and experience that HVHF activity has resulted in environmental impacts that are potentially adverse to public health. Until the science provides sufficient information to determine the level of risk to public health from HVHF and whether the risks can be adequately managed, HVHF should not proceed in New York State. The third edition of the compendium released in October 2015 and compiled as a joint effort with Physicians for Social Responsibility included new peer-reviewed studies as well as the results of the first substantive government reports on the impacts of fracking. One of these was the New York State Department of Environmental Conversation's final environmental impact statement and attendant findings statement that incorporated the earlier health review into a larger analysis of the impacts of fracking. The finding statement made clear that no known regulatory framework can adequately mitigate the multiple risks of fracking. Quote, even with the implementation of an extensive suite of mitigation measures, the significant adverse public health and environmental impacts from allowing high-volume hydraulic fracturing to proceed under any scenario cannot be adequately avoided or minimized to the max maximum extent practicable. In December 2015, the third edition became the basis of invited testimony at conferences taking place concurrently within the United Nations climate talks in Paris. Those international negotiations negotiations resulted in an historical international accord, the Paris Agreement, which recognizes climate change as a grave threat to public health and establishes as a key goal the need to limit global temperature increases to 2 degrees Celsius or ideally 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial times. As such, the treaty articulates a vision for energy by compelling nations to monitor their greenhouse gas emissions and set increasingly ambitious targets and timetables to reduce them. The compendium's fourth edition was released in November 2016, just as the Paris Agreement went into force and as several new studies conclusively demonstrated that expansion of shale gas and oil extraction was incompatible with climate stability and the goal of rapid decarbonization that it requires. Altogether, these data show that because of increasing emissions of methane, a powerful heat-trapping gas, the United States was on track to miss its pledge under the Paris Agreement to reduce greenhouse gas emissions 26 to 28 percent by 2025. The evidence showed that methane leaks from U.S. oil and gas operations were significantly higher than previously estimated, as were U.S. methane emissions overall. The fifth edition, released in March 2018, was launched in a time of deep environmental retrenchment by the U.S. government. The Trump administration had announced an error of energy dominance based on surging domestic production of oil and natural gas, most of it extracted via fracking. References to climate change were removed altogether from some government websites. Greenhouse gas emissions were no longer to be considered in National Environment Policy Act reviews. The White House announced its intent to withdraw from the Paris Agreement even as the American Meteorological Society released a major report that identified climate change as a contributor to several recent extreme weather events, and even as the fourth National Climate Assessment, a quadrennial report compiled by 13 federal agencies, confirmed human activities as the dominant cause for ongoing global warming. 
included in the federal environmental rules rescinded during this period were many that govern drilling and fracking operations. The Bureau of Land Management's Waste Prevention Rule, requiring companies drilling on public and tribal lands to reduce methane leaks and cut back on flaring and venting, was suspended. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, canceled a system for existing oil and gas facilities to report methane leaks and delayed implementation of a rule that would have limited methane emissions from new oil and gas drilling sites. The U.S. Department of the Interior rescinded a rule to require disclosure of chemicals in fracking fluid on public lands and tighten standards for well construction and wastewater disposal. The White House revoked policies that had prevented the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline. That pipeline now carries fracked oil from the back-end shale in North Dakota to an oil storage hub in Illinois. This current sixth edition of the compendium arrives at a time of starkly contradictory trends. On the one hand, aggressive attacks on regulatory oversight of U.S. oil and gas extraction continue and now extend to the science underlying the targeted regulations. A recent EPA directive has banned scientists who received EPA funding from sitting on panels that advise the agency on scientific matters. An order issued by the White House appointed director of the U.S. Geological Survey, USGS, now prohibits that agency's scientists from generating climate models beyond the year 2040. The feverish pace of U.S. oil and gas extraction also continues. Unimpeded by federal regulations and driven by fracking, U.S. oil and gas production has reached record levels, which in turn has spurned a massive build-out of fracking infrastructure. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, has eased the process to build new pipelines and even more public lands have been opened to oil and gas extraction. One executive order has impeded the ability of states to block pipeline construction, while another has transferred power for the international pipeline approval from the U.S. State Department to the President. As the U.S. Energy Information Administration forecasts record buildout of natural gas pipelines, the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration has urged Congress to expand a law that treats some kinds of citizen protests against pipeline construction as federal crimes. The White House policy of energy dominance also continues apace. In the face of flattening domestic demand for gas, the ongoing fracking boom is increasingly directed at export markets. The United States is on track to become the world's largest international seller of natural gas. As of this writing, three liquefied natural gas exports terminals are operational, with more than a dozen new LNG terminals in the planning or development stage. Exports of LNG from the United States to the European Union alone have increased by 181% since July 2018. In May 2019, the U.S. Department of Energy introduced the terms, quote, freedom gas and, quote, molecules of U.S. freedom to refer to LNG exports. In June 2019, as we went to press, the Delaware River Basin Commission approved a plan to construct an LNG terminal on the Delaware River in Gibbstown, New Jersey, with the aim of exporting natural gas extracted from shale gas wells in Pennsylvania. The gas would be trucked to the export terminal from a new LNG liquefaction plant planned for Pennsylvania's Bradford County. Similarly, by September 2018, the United States had become the world's leading oil producer, surpassing both Russia and Saudi Arabia. U.S. oil production is forecast to increase by 30% by 2023, with much of that growth driven by fracking operations in the Permian Basin of West Texas and eastern New Mexico. The Permian 
Permian is now the leading source of U.S. crude oil exports. On the other hand, the ongoing U.S. fracking boom and its protracted deregulation are at odds with the emerging scientific consensus on the scale and tempo of necessary climate change mitigation and with rising public alarm about the impending climate crisis that this consensus has amplified. In some cases, Trump-era rollbacks have been reversed. In March 2019, a U.S. District Judge blocked leasing of public lands for fracking in Wyoming on the grounds that the BLM had not considered greenhouse gas emissions. The National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA's carbon monitoring system, targeted by the White House for elimination in 2018, was refunded by Congress in 2019. In October 2018, in its first commissioned report under the Paris Agreement, the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, announced that emissions from oil and gas must decline swiftly within the next decade, a trend not compatible with further build-out of oil and gas infrastructure. Specifically, the IPCC found that global warming above 1.5 degrees Celsius is likely to result in irreversible points of no return and cascading uncontrollable harms, including wholesale loss of coral reefs, loss of ocean fish stocks, widespread crop failures, flooding of coastal cities, multiple public health crises, and social disruption. To avoid the worst of these outcomes, the world needs to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 45% by 2030 and reach net zero by 2050. These findings were confirmed and expanded upon in another landmark paper published in April 2019 by an international team of scientists who warned that, quote, it has become clear that beyond 1.5 degrees Celsius, the biology of the planet becomes gravely threatened because ecosystems literally begin to unravel. In May 2019, a joint appeal from the leaders of the United Nations System organizations urged world political leaders, quote, with great urgency to accelerate mitigation efforts in order to limit the global temperature to 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, referring to this limit as a, quote, moral economic imperative. The ongoing fracking boom is also at odds with trends in the economics of renewable energy. The ongoing build-out of natural gas pipelines has been accompanied by an ongoing wave of natural gas power plant construction across the United States. In 2018, 35% of electricity in the United States was generated in gas-fired power plants, a figure that is forecast to rise to 38% by 2020. At the same time, rapid declines in the cost of wind, solar, and battery storage prices have now made renewable ener energy a cheaper alternative than coal and gas in most major economies. A new analysis shows that a 100% renewable energy system in the United States would reduce electricity costs. Indeed, renewables are already replacing existing gas plants in some cases. In 2018, three large gas-fired power plants closed in California, with more retirements planned as wind and solar replace gas for electrical generation. In March 2019, Florida Power and Light announced it would retire two natural gas plants and replace them with a massive solar-powered battery bank. In April 2019, Indiana regulators rejected a proposal to replace three retiring coal plants with a massive natural gas plant over concerns that gas was a risky investment, quote, if alternatives decline in price. With an economic lifespan of between 20, between 30 and 50 years, new gas and oil infrastructure projects are now at risk for becoming stranded assets. Evidence shows that even in the absence of new climate policies, continuing investments in fossil fuel exports may substantially harm the U.S. economy. Expanding Knowledge Base 
Even as we compiled entries for this sixth edition, the authors of the compendium continued to see evidence of and appreciate the rapid expanse of our knowledge base. The compendium exists within a moving stream of data. As is revealed in the Repository for Oil and Gas Energy Research, Roger, the database of literature maintained by PSE Healthy Energy, the number of peer-reviewed publications relevant to assessing the environmental, socioeconomic, and public health impacts of shale gas development doubled between 2011 and 2012. It doubled again between 2012 and 2013. This trend continues. More than half of the peer-reviewed scientific papers on the risks and harms of frackings, fracking have been published since January 2016. Indeed, 20%, 355 studies, of the now more than 1,700 available studies were published in 2018 alone. As of April 16, 2019, there were 1,778 published peer-reviewed studies that pertain to shale and tight gas development archived in the Roger database. This body of evidence clearly reveals both potential and actual harms. Specifically, PSE's statistical analysis of the scientific literature available from 2009 to 2015 demonstrates that 69% of original research studies on water quality found potential for or actual evidence of fracking-associated water contamination. 87% of original research studies on air quality found significant air pollutant emissions. And 84% of original research studies on human health risks found signs of harm or indication of potential harm. A follow-up analysis using the same criteria for inclusion found that 90.3% of all original research studies published from 2016 to 2018 on the health impacts of fracking found a positive association with harm or potential harm. Timeline of bans and moratoria. As a response to the proliferating evidence of the risks and harms of fracking, augmented by increasing concern about the many remaining uncertainties, various countries, states, and municipalities have instituted bans and moratoria. France banned fracking in July 2011 and Bulgaria in January 2012. In May 2012, the state of Vermont banned fracking and prohibited the storage and treatment of fracked waste. In July 2012, a revision of environmental laws in Austria prompted the main Austrian oil and gas group to announce a stop to its shale gas plans in the country. In April 2013, the Luxembourg Parliament passed a motion against shale gas exploration in a decision that has not been revisited since. In July 2014, the Flanders region of Belgium temporarily banned fracking the ban is still valid. The California counties of Santa Cruz, San Benito, and Mendocino counties all banned fracking in 2014. New York State banned fracking in December 2014. In January 2015, Scotland became the first country in Great Britain to impose a formal moratorium on fracking. In 2016, as part of the ongoing moratorium process, the Government of Scotland released a series of reports that reconfirmed the evidence for potential contamination of air and water, threats to worker health from silica dust exposure, and risks to the health of nearby residents. It further, further noted that the pursuit of unconventional oil and gas extraction would make it more difficult for Scotland to achieve its climate targets or greenhouse gas emissions. Scotland's moratorium was extended, quote, indefinitely in October 2017. In March 2019, a decision to solidify that prohib prohibition into a full legislative ban was delayed. In February 2015, the Government of Wales declared a moratorium on fracking, quote, until it is proven safe, 
In July 2018, the Welsh government confirmed that shale gas was not compatible with the decarbonisation targets and said it would not support applications for fracking. In March 2015, the Canadian province of New Brunswick declared a moratorium on fracking. In July 2015, the Netherlands banned all shale gas fracking until 2020 on the grounds that research shows that there is uncertainty about impacts. In October 2018, the Dutch government announced the gas extraction of all kinds in the Groningen gas field would entirely cease by 2030 after public outcry over continuing earthquakes in the region. Gas production has already been cut by 60% since its peak in 2013. On May 22, 2019, Groningen was hit with a magnitude 3.4 earthquake that damaged multiple homes. In September 2015, Northern Ireland effectively banned fracking via strategic planning policies. In December 2015, the plenary of the European Parliament affirmed the incompatibility of shale gas extraction via hydraulic fracturing with the European Union's commitment to decarbonization and its acknowledged public concerns about the environmental and health impacts of fracking. While falling short of an outright EU-wide moratorium on fracking, the report states that, quote, it is questionable whether hydraulic fracturing can be a viable technology in the European Union. In Florida, 90 municipalities have either banned fracking outright or passed resolutions opposing it. In the past three legislative sessions, a bipartisan coalition of lawmakers has introduced statewide ban legislation. During his 2018 campaign, Governor Ron DeSantis pledged publicly to issue a statewide ban. As of this publication, he has yet to do so. Also in 2016, New Brunswick extended its moratorium on fracking, quote, indefinitely, citing unresolved problems with the disposal of fracking wastewater and in the Canadian province of Newfoundland and Labrador, where a moratorium had been in place since 2013. A government-appointed panel recommended that fracking remain, quote, paused, citing data gaps and unresolved questions about the underlying geology. In June 2016, Germany adopted a moratorium on unconventional fracking until 21, but will permit exploratory drilling research projects. Also in 2016, California's Butte and Alameda counties banned fracking, along with Monterey County, which also banned all new oil drilling. In August 2016, the Australian state of Victoria declared a permanent ban on fracking on the grounds that the risks outweighed any potential benefits. In September 2016, a California judge arguing that the agency had failed to consider the dangers of fracking struck down a bid by the BLM to open 1 million acres of public land in Central California to oil drilling. In November 2016, Winona County, Minnesota banned the mining of frac sand, a decision that was upheld in the district court in November 2017. That ruling is now before the Minnesota Supreme Court. In December 2016, the Portland City Council in Oregon approved zoning code changes that banned the construction of new fossil fuel projects, including terminals for storing and transporting natural gas, and also prohibited the expansion of pre-existing facilities, including an LNG plant. In March 2017, the Spanish, Spanish region of Castilla-León signed a political agreement to give up on shale gas exploration. This decision followed the implementation of several other regional bans in Spain or laws that otherwise made fracking unviable. These regions include Cantabria, La Rioja, Catalonia, Basque Country, and Castillo-La Mancha. In April 2017, Maryland became the third U.S. state to ban fracking when Governor Larry Hogan signed a ban bill that was overwhelmingly approved by the state legislature. Maryland's ban followed a two-and-a-half-year statewide moratorium. Also in April 2017, 
Entre Rios passed the first province-wide ban on fracking in Argentina. This ban follows 50 individual municipal bans and is intended to protect the Guarani Aquifer, which extends beneath parts of Argentina, Brazil, Paraguay, and Uruguay. In June 2017, France expanded its fracking ban to include a ban on all new oil and gas exploration. In July 2017, Ireland banned fracking when legislation was signed into law by the president. Also in October 2017, Canada's Prince Edward Island included a prohibition on fracking as part of its Water Act. According to campaigners, Albania enacted a national ban on fracking in 2017, but these reports remain unconfirmed by official sources. In December 2017, Uruguay prohibited fracking for four years. In March 2018, the Australian state of Tasmania extended its moratorium on fracking until 2025. In November 2018, the Delaware River Basin Commission, which consists of governors from the four states of New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware, together with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, released a proposed rule to ban fracking in the Delaware River watershed on the grounds that fracking exposes its waters to, quote, significant immediate and long-term risks. As currently drafted, the rule provides for importation of wastewater from fracking operations located outside the basin for storage, processing, and discharge within the basin. It also provides for water withdrawals from the Delaware River and its tributaries for export and use in such operations. The longest free-flowing river in the Northeast, the Delaware River provides drinking water to more than 15 million people, approximately 5% of the U.S. population. About one-third of the river system flows through, the sh through shale formations. A de facto moratorium on fracking in the Delaware River Basin has been in place since 2010. In December 2018, the newly elected president of Mexico announced a suspension of all further energy auctions for three years, temporarily halting permits for new fracking operations. This announcement is widely seen as a possible step by President Obrador toward fulfilling a campaign promise to ban fracking in Mexico. On May 8, 2019, Washington State enacted a statewide ban on fracking. On May 29, 2019, the Oregon Senate passed a five-year fracking moratorium. On June 17, Governor Kate Brown signed the bill into law. In Connecticut, where no fracking or potential fracking takes place, ordinances prohibiting the storage or use of imported fracking waste have been passed in 56 municipalities. As we went to press in June 2019, the State House of Representatives, in near-unanimous vote, passed a bill that enacts permanent statewide ban on the disposal of oil and gas extraction waste following a unanimous vote by the Connecticut Senate in May. The bill now goes to Governor Ned Lamont for signing. Also, as we went to press, the New York State Senate voted for a bill that would end special exemptions from hazardous waste laws that allow fracking waste to be imported from out of state and dumped in municipal waste landfills and wastewater treatment plants. The bill now goes to the State Assembly for consideration. In spite of the statewide fracking ban, seven different landfills across New York State accept liquid and solid fracking waste from Pennsylvania. Seven New York County legislatures have banned that practice. In sum, as evidence continues to mount of its environmental and public health costs, legislative and governmental bodies are increasingly apprehensive about the risks and harms of fracking. Nevertheless, in several notable cases, hard-won bans and other restrictions on fracking have been overturned. A fracking ban passed by the city of Denton, Texas in November 2014 was invalidated in June 2015 by a state law pushed by the oil and gas industry that prohibits Texas municipalities from passing local bans. 
in June 2015, citing concerns about noise impacts and the industrialization of rural landscape, the county of Lancashire in northwest England halted plans for a major British fracking corporation. Years previously, two wells, the first and only pair ever drilled in Lancashire, had suffered well integrity failures and caused earthquakes. However, in 2016, the national government overturned Lancashire's ban and drilling began in October 2017, despite widespread, ongoing public opposition. In May 2016, the Colorado Supreme Court struck down local fracking bans in the cities of Fort Collins and Longmont. A statewide ballot measure to increase well setback distances in Colorado subsequently failed in November 2018. In January 2019, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled against a case brought by six youth that would have halted new drilling permits pending a comprehensive study of health and environmental impacts. The ruling allows Colorado to continue to weigh costs and technical feasibility against adverse public health impacts. However, in April 2019, the Colorado State Legislature passed a bill that grants municipalities more regulatory authority over fracking activities. In December 2017, Australia's Northern Territory government delayed a decision on whether or not to extend or lift its own moratorium on fracking after a draft final report identified multiple risks to water, land, tourism, and indigenous culture. In April 2018, it lifted this moratorium. In November 2018, the statewide moratorium in Western Australia was lifted over intense opposition, highlighting the limitations of Aboriginal land rights. However, local bans in heavily populated areas of the state were left in place. And that wraps up this first chapter, uh, not not first chapter in the document in particular, but first chapter via this podcast of the compendium, the compendium of scientific, medical, and media findings demonstrating risks and harms of fracking, sixth edition, published in June 2019. So stay tuned, make sure you subscribe to the podcast as I continue to read through this entire document. And this entire document is uh, 361 pages. We've gotten to page 17. So that wraps up this episode of Frack You Very Much. Make sure you go to frackyouverymuch.com where you can check out all the back episodes. You can follow me on Twitter at FYVMshow or send an email message to FYVMshow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. to blow